Welcome to another episode of Cast Dice, the podcast that talks about the gaming industry as a whole and the tabletop games that we love playing. Uh, my name is Old Man Morin, a.k.a. Brad, and you might know me from a variety of other podcasts. Um, I do love that Simpsons reference. I'm going to have to start doing that more often. Uh, but today, we are going to go off of talking about a particular game system. Instead, we're going to talk to an old friend of mine. Now, in the past, I've said, oh, this person's an old friend. And typically they are. Um, one of the things that I did in the past was work for Games Workshop uh, Corporate in the U.S. Uh, back in the late 90s and early O's. And this guest is one of my good friends from that time. Um, and you might say, well, how good a friend is he? Well, um, he was my roommate at one point, um, although I think he spent more time sleeping with my stuff than with me. And when I say it that way, it sounds wrong. Um, but he sculpted a beautiful model for my first wedding as a wedding present. Uh, truly a gentleman. And I think when I start talking about that, I should probably give you a little bit more background information. This man is, was the editor of War Games Illustrated for five years. This man was a very popular and prolific uh, member of the Games Workshop promotions department internationally, uh, starting in Australia and then moving to the United States, which is where I met him. And this man and I sort of must be ships passing in the night because a couple of years after meeting, uh, on one hand, he moved to the States permanently and I moved to Australia permanently. Um, he is Australian by birth and American now, and I'm American by birth and Australian now. And together, we are, I don't know, something. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the extremely talented Dave Taylor. Welcome to Cast Dice. <laughs> that was a spectacular introduction. That's awesome. Thanks, well, Brad. I, I kind of feel like it left out a huge amount Like. Because we have so much history, I feel like it's it's left out the thing where we got really drunk at a grand tournament and took turns vomiting in different potted plants. I, I feel like it also leaves out the the big weekends, um, games day weekends, and all the malarkey that happened. I feel like it leaves out, in fact, the thing that you are most famous for, which is producing amazingly painted armies in short periods of time. Um, yeah, Dave, how you doing? <laughs> Good, mate. Good. I'm doing well. Um, one thing that like that I was going to throw in there as well, which is uh, super special, uh, particularly special for me, is uh, on the night in between your uh, bachelor party mm -hmm. and first wedding. So that bachelor party was on this Thursday. Wedding was on the Saturday. That's right. On Friday, I met my wife. Boom! And that's how there we do go. it on Cast Ice. <laughs> all about that sort of stuff um yeah that was, no, hold on uh, that was a good bachelor party too it was a pub crawl through annapolis harbor and oh my god yep yep exactly it was uh no it was great um it was a fantastic time all around that's right Apparently. that's right and you yeah. did sculpt um a model that became the basis of maybe my favorite 40k army that i ever played which was you you knew that I had an unholy fixation for Elvis and Chaos Space Marines, and you brought them together and made me uh, a giant demon prince using the original metal demon prince model, um, Helvis. Yep. And it had the Elvis, Elvis sunglasses, had a giant uh, sound grill for its mouth, 
It had the Elvis quiff. It had the taking care of business logo sculpted onto the shoulder pauldron. Um, had a noise or uh, was it a sonic blaster built into um, the wrist of one of the arms. And then you painted yep. it in the white, uh, you know, the white, white the white suit with the gold piping. Yep. Perfect. Oh, I still have it. It's in my I'm looking at it right now in my glass case. Love it. I, I'm so glad you still have it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun working on that. It was great. Yeah, definitely cool. Well, that was one of those models that, um, you know, I, I may not play 40K uh, at all anymore, but I'm not giving up that model. So, yeah. That's cool. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, yeah. thank you. It's amazing. Uh, okay, let's let's stop uh, p- patting each other on the back and get down to business. So, Dave, as I said, you did work for Games Workshop for years. People yep. would know your work from White Dwarf, from all of those great big um, catalogs that you could order bits out of. You had lots of hobby bits in there. You did army painting articles in some of the books and in some of the White Dwarf magazines. Then you were the editor um, of War Games Illustrated forever, and you've worked with a ton of people since. Um, can you sort of talk to us about what you've been up to in recent years? Because it's fascinating. Sure. Sure. Um, the last four and a bit years, just over four years now, um, I've been running my own business um, called Dave Taylor Miniatures. Uh, I'm, I don't produce any miniatures myself, uh, and uh, I don't just do commission painting, although I do, I do a little bit of commission painting. Uh, but the business is focused on uh, helping smaller uh, miniature companies, um, wargaming companies, to bring um, bring new products to market mm-hmm. and sell more of their existing products. So, yeah, all that time with uh, with workshop and with Wargames Illustrated, I uh, learned a lot of stuff. Um, learned a lot about promotions and marketing, technical mm-hmm. uh, uh, skills for photography and layout. Uh, writing, editing, um, all sorts of stuff. Um, spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people about uh, toy soldiers and selling toy soldiers. Um, so all of those skills I have, I can now bring to other companies who are, might be lacking in certain areas. So I can uh, help people out. Nice. Now, now yeah, if people... Uh, have a small game company, and I do know a couple people with small companies that listen to this. Um, how can they contact you? How can people find you? Probably the uh, the best place is uh, Dave Taylor Miniatures on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, they can contact me through there. Uh, if they don't have the Facebooks, uh, they can head to DaveTaylorMiniatures.com, which is kind of a, a resume site that I set up uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can contact me through there. Um, or I'll just throw out my email address, tanithtaylor at gmail.com. There you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, over the last four years I've worked with, I think it's coming close to 30, 35 companies mm-hmm. um, and doing a, a wide variety of things for them. So it's um, cool for uh, a place, company like uh, Secret Weapon Miniatures, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done um, sculpting for their base range. Um, quite a lot of sculpts for them. Uh, and I've also done community management for them for uh, a six-month period. Nice. Um, a week ago. Uh, 
World's End Publishing, uh, which makes uh, post apocalyptic games. Mm-hmm. Joey, I do uh, I do photography, I do layout, editing, and painting. And, uh, Kickstarter consulting as well. Um, for Cool Mini or Not, I did uh, about 18 months of work on uh, Dark Age and Wrath of Kings and uh, community development, um, marketing, promotional material, mm-hmm. uh, product development. Again, a whole, whole bunch of stuff there. So I was going to ask you then what your standard week would look like. But um, as we kind of talked about off air and going through that list of things you have been doing, I'd imagine that you're constantly changing from one, I guess, changing your hat, so to speak, from one job to another, to another, to another, um, maybe several times a day, maybe several times an hour. Um, I I guess that just speaks volumes to your work ethic and your organization to be able to keep track of it all. (laughs) Yeah, I I put together a, uh, I have a spreadsheet that I sort of keep a a running um, tally on, I guess, uh, basically I, I punch in the, um, the job that I'm, that I need to be working on. Mm-hmm. So I can pull up like, uh, April, uh, or let's say March, pull up mm-hmm. March and it'll tell me that uh, in March I need to finish off a table for a display table for WYSIWYG games, mm-hmm. uh, who are doing planet of the apes board game. Nice. Uh, got, uh, layout to finish for, Gunfighter's Ball from Knuckle Duster Miniatures. Uh, I've got... Um, it reminds me that every Tuesday and Thursday I do a, a live stream with Game Trade Media. Uh, yeah, th- that sort of thing. So I can just go through and can keep track of sort of what I have to have finished by the end of the month. Uh, and then I can look ahead. If I, if I need to take a break from what I'm working on that month, I can look ahead to the next month and say, okay, is there anything there that I can sort of potter away at for a couple of hours? But uh, yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I might need to, uh, if I need to glue flock on a table, obviously I'll try and do that first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's drying, I can then go and do some editing or layout or um, paint uh, something on commission. Yeah. Right on. Well, okay, you mentioned the live stream. And I've seen the thumbnails, but I have to admit, I haven't actually watched the video yet. Um, there's, okay. there's, a, there's a thumbnail of a different thing that you appear on quite a bit um, with a, a gentleman that looks like a, um, a, a steroided Bob Ross. Um, do you know what I'm talking <laughs> Paint all the happy little miniatures or something like this? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's on... Uh... Yeah, I mentioned Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's with um, with Rick Ankney mm-hmm. for Game Trade Media, and um, they're local here in Baltimore. That's part of the uh, Diamond Alliance, um, mm-hmm. Diamond Alliance uh, sort of marketing um, alliance, being the the largest game distributor in the U.S. Uh, basically, uh, Rick has been running that that show for about a year now, um, or just over a year. Uh, where it's talking about painting, sitting down, painting some miniatures from uh, board games or tabletop board games or um, for role-playing games, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sort of sitting down talking about the process of painting and the the joys you can have sort of painting miniatures. 
um, one of my former GW colleagues was um, was on that live stream for quite a while, uh, Kurt Pearson. Mm -hmm. At the end of October last year, he left to go and work for a company called Academy Games, and the position opened up, and I said, hey, that looks like a lot of fun. I'll uh, I'll volunteer to come up and paint for a couple of hours each week and just nice. talk about some cool stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Um, Rick, yeah, Rick is amazing. Uh, he looks, he's, he's huge. He's like, I don't know, six, seven, and mm-hmm. uh, several hundred pounds. Um, he's a former wrestler. He's a former... Um, uh, was he? I think he was in the... The Navy. I think he was a corpsman in the Navy. Or the Marines, I'm not sure. He's I can't a, remember exactly. But he's a big dude. He has lived in a lot of places. He has mm-hmm. done a lot of things. got a lot of fantastic stories. But he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. Yeah. Um, one of those big sort of uh, lovable teddy bears. And he's, he's just really, really cool. So it's that means it's a lot of fun. That When, when we're on the, the cast, it's a lot of fun to uh, to make fun of him, really. Nice. Now, I, I, I couldn't help but notice that I heard you on another podcast and you were talking about as part of that show, you got your grubby little paws on uh, a box game that uh, several of us down here would murder for. Uh, would you like to talk about Star Wars Legion and uh, what it's like? Because I'm a little jealous. Right. Yep. No, that's fair enough. Um, it, it is a it is a pretty cool thing. Uh, in like I think it was beginning of February, mm-hmm. uh, we received a box from Fantasy Flight Games, and in that box it was all of the Wave One product, which I think it's releasing on over here. It's releasing on the twenty second. It March. is here as well. Yep. Yeah, great. Yep. Um, and Rick was like, "Hey, Dave, check out what we we just got from Fantasy Flight," and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! This is really cool!" Because when we when we started doing when I when I started working with him, he was like, "Okay, yeah, Dave, you'll get to come up and paint a whole bunch of miniatures, and and maybe at the end you get to take them home." And I said, "Well, that'd be really cool." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, "Oh, wow! Check out all this Star Wars stuff I'll be taking home." And then he said, "Oh, and we're going to use this for a uh, we're going to give it away as a as a prize for a a, uh, a glean contest." No. To, to the- you know, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but uh, but at the same time, it is really cool to have been able to sort of bust open those boxes and mm-hmm. um, you know, just put the minis together and uh, and get painting on them. It's been very cool. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see sort of where they take it all. It's uh, it's got so many opportunities that we every every time we sit down to to paint, we're we're there for an hour and we're talking about Star Wars for an hour and all the opportunities and the possibilities for the game are are pretty amazing. Yeah, man, we're really excited to see what FFG does with it and just all the different ways that you can get into the Star Wars universe, Um, even by maybe repainting a unit of Stormtroopers a different color. I mean, Magna Marines, or sorry, Magma Troopers were red, and so just painting your Stormtroopers, same armor, red, you get a very different theme to your army, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. uh... It's it's awesome stuff. We we're for our rebel troopers. We're going for a or for all of our basing. We're doing like a, a desert sort of basing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the all of our rebel troopers have more of that desert yellow kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many different ways you could paint those rebel troopers as well. I think they they even paint up well as um like sort of in the hoth scheme, totally. all those uh, creams and beiges and that sort of thing. 
So I think uh, those minis are, are spectacular too. Now you did have, I did hear you talk about this again on another podcast and you did mention a good tip. Um, would you like to share that tip with uh, people who may be putting together these models? Oh, oh, I can't remember which tip I'm. No plastic yeah. glue. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good one. Um, sorry about that. Uh, yeah. The, the models themselves, they're plastic, but they're not high impact polystyrene plastic and plastic glue anything that's sort of labeled as plastic glue is going to be a polystyrene cement. Mm -hmm. uh, so it won't do what it does to like GW miniatures or to Malifaux miniatures. Um, it won't melt the two pieces and weld them together. So you need to use super glue for, for the Star Wars Legion minis. I was really glad when I heard that because I literally have, um, I just run out of super glue literally last yeah. night and was sitting there going, oh, that's all right. Um, you know, I, I don't need to rush out. I'm not going to be, you know, as, assembling anything probably until Legion comes because I have a lot of terrain to paint for my upcoming event. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I really do need to go buy some. All right, I'm going to the hobby shop tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, uh, it, I think it's an important, important, it's definitely an important part of that. Um, I think people, the important part there is knowing what the different plastics are and what the plastic cement will work on. So, nice. but yeah, cool. Now, but, uh, you, should I, should, oh, sorry, go ahead. Should, should I mention the, uh, the ATST? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> the, it's a, it's such a, it's a beautiful kit. It's incredibly detailed. It takes about 25 minutes to assemble. Uh, the, like the head cockpit um, part is um, is almost it comes almost fully assembled already, so you awesome. don't have to do any work. There. Um, and it's it, it's just so incredibly detailed. It's uh, it's really beautiful. Uh, you can you've got a huge range of um, a huge number of articulation points, uh, so you can have it in a, a bunch of different poses uh, and. It painted up really quickly as well. It was um, primed at black, sprayed it with some um, uniform gray from the Army Painter mm -hmm. range, uh, did a little bit of like a Vallejo pale gray, or light gray, sorry, mm -hmm. um, through my airbrush on uh, some of the leading edges, mm -hmm. uh, and a really light dry brush uh, over some of the more detailed areas with that um, light gray. And then a um, like a thin down wash with a strong tone, and it was done. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I, as a World War II modeler, I spent a lot of time building World War II tanks. Um, I do oh, yeah. love um, on some Soviet tanks and Japanese tanks that they have like that little. It's a, it's like a handle. It's like a railing around the. Capula um, that you know Pete, that you can mount a machine gun on, or you know hold on the tanker can hold on to, and I can't help but notice that one of those bars is wrapped around the top of the ATST. Is that a separate yep. piece? Because that no, that comes oh. attached to the, the thing already. That's awesome. That's cool. So, uh, you don't have to worry about like fiddly thin bits. All of the uh, so that that piece that bar and the um, any of the cabling mm -hmm. that sits out from the the vehicle is already attached. 
so you don't have to worry about all those little fiddly bits. And all of, because you've actually seen the boxes outside of the core box, because I've only seen the core box. And in the core box, all the components come in little baggies. They don't come on the sprue. All, they've yep. are, they've been pre-clipped from the sprue, or they, I don't know, they never were on a sprue. I don't know how the system works. But they come in little baggies of the parts, and then you put them together. Um, and when you're putting together, and I know you've put together a lot of Malifaux models, Dave. Malifaux in particular yep. has those little tiny fiddly bits, and there's a million little pieces, and they're all in the sprue. And sometimes in clipping them from the sprue, you actually destroy the little half of face or, you know, Yanlo's beard that you need to get off to glue on to something. Um, so no, there's no sprues in this game, is that right? Yeah, well, uh, everything that we've opened so far uh, has not had a sprue attached to the pieces. That's so, amazing. Uh, yeah, it's been bagged. Um, I was a little bit worried the other uh, yesterday when mm-hmm. I was putting together um, some uh, this the second batch of speeder bikes, mm-hmm. and I sort of emptied everything out, and I was missing one of the the guns that's uh, sort of mounted underneath. Ooh. And I was like, oh, oh I. I it's mispacked. So then I looked at the, the little baggie again. It's like, oh no, I just have to squeeze it a little bit wider so that that little tiny piece drops out. Okay. So so far everything's been there, and we haven't had to worry about things flying across the room, which was really good. But uh, it was yeah, just that little true. that little moment where it's like, oh. yeah. But uh, everything. <laughs> that heart stopping moment when you realize, oh crap, it's not here. And then the inevitable, yeah. I'm turning my, I'm going to get my phone and put on the flashlight and then dig around under the hobbling table looking for that missing bit and hope it dropped. Yeah. 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 We're right we'll, on, we'll man. Be, uh, so go ahead. Dropping another, dropping another piece in the same spot and, ho- and watching where it bounces. <laughs> oh, I've never done that. That That's actually not a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> Sometimes it can mean you can lose two or three pieces, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that much of a gambler. I'd be like, oh, no, I've lost two pieces now. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I suppose you could always just get another piece off another kit and drop that off. But, of course, then you, uh, you're really trying too hard. Just have that spare yeah. piece on the sitting in a little you know, little bowl on the side of your gaming table just in case. Just drop it. It's not yeah. a bad idea. And there it you have work. it, kids. A pro hobbying tip from Dave Taylor. <laughs> right on. Nice. Nice. Well, now, you and I share a mutual love of vehicular combat. It may be the fact that we've both spent a lot of time in Australia um, and Mad Max is a thing. Um, but you um, you got me in a like a little side group on Facebook a couple of years ago because um, you were playing right. yep. Car Wars with a group of guys who some of whom I know from my workshop days as well. Um, and you guys were converting Matchbox cars. And you were using yep. them to play like a a, mod, a a modified version of Car Wars that was sort of because Car Wars was played in the really in the eighties and it was a little <clears throat> clunky and dated, um, but it you guys were able to you know streamline it, have a good time, and play some games, and that got me messing around with it as well. Um, but recently, you guys just like me have picked up Gaslands and you've been playing it. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that because I love that game. Yeah, that is uh, it is very cool. I, I, there have been a bunch of games that have come through over, since, um, well, probably from just before the release of Fury Road through mm-hmm. uh, to now. Uh, and I think Gaslands is the one that's caught people's attention. Uh, really caught people like everybody who is into vehicular combat 
caught their attention. Uh, I think it's a it's a very cool game. There's a lot of things in there that um, where the process is very straightforward. Yes, there are I think, there are a few things in there I think that are um, that feel a little bit cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just be the way that it's written, but uh, but generally everything's I mean, everything's very well explained as well. Yes. Uh, so even if it do seem a little bit cumbersome, it's it, it's pretty straightforward as to what you have to do, uh, which is great. So after the first couple, the first game or two, you're sort of ready to roll. Um, you don't really need to look at the um, the book. Uh, I can always remember that my uh, my monster truck with a ram is going to be uh, like rolling plus four dice mm-hmm. against well six dice against a buggy. Uh, so, <laughs> i.e. making a uh, hole where the buggy used to be yeah pretty much um plowing through the buggies so uh yeah definitely uh I, I'm, we're really enjoying it we're on the third we're next week we'll be playing the third game of a, a three-game campaign campaign um i am coming last in the campaign i've uh, scored zero point zero victory points Ooh. uh but I have I've got something in the in the sort of region of uh, thirteen audience votes. Oh, nice! So, pretty good, pretty good after two games. But uh, no, we're we're really enjoying it. I'm uh, yeah. When we were doing that car war stuff uh, a few years ago, I was converting up a whole bunch of um, vehicle, a uh, whole bunch of cars inspired by Fury Road. I was hoping you and were going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I was. I'm really excited about. It. I love the Mad Max thing, and it's it is really from that growing up, growing up with it. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I spent a lot of time making those and Gaslands. Uh, well, I think a lot of times Gaslands can work really well with the types of vehicles that were in Fury Road. Definitely, they don't have to have a lot of. Um, guns they don't have to have rockets they don't have to have uh oil slick droppers that kind of thing Mm -hmm. just a a machine gun and some molotovs is really uh all you need and you're in business Uh, exactly yep Yep. so although in my my last game uh i think i threw 11 molotovs (laughs) need four plus to hit right yeah having having guess how many hits i got from 11 none Zero, absolutely zero. <laughs> but of course, as soon as my uh, my vehicles got hit, they they would explode. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing that somebody was actually just like accidentally spilled the gasoline all over the uh, the vehicle yeah. before throwing them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So empty bottles are hitting the other cars, and when they hit yep. you, you would go up in flames. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's uh, that's exactly what happened. It was kind of kind of disappointing. It was well, by the end, it was a great laugh for everybody. Everybody, I'd say I'm throwing molotovs, and everybody stop their games and run over and have a look. Awesome. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a great game. I think um, there's a lot of it's got a lot of, a lot more depth to it than it than it appears to on the surface. Mm. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff that you can do uh, with the advanced rules that are, are really cool. Um, in in our campaign, everybody's picked a different sponsor, nice. uh, so we all have different um, different different little things that we're trying to achieve during the game. Um, and I'm always a big fan of the, uh, right from the start, I've been sort of driving, driving my vehicles very hard. So 
gaining a lot of hazard tokens quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tending to wipe out a lot. So of course, because I'm Australian and the Mad Max feel of it all, I had to go for Slime as the sponsor. Yes. Um, yeah. The uh, means that I, I don't know if you've have you played a game with uh, anybody taking Battle Hammer? No, I haven't. Uh, we've been playing really, uh, really basic rules. We haven't gotten into the sponsors. We've we've been using all of the rules, but the sponsors, and we've been having a really good time with it. But um, okay. right when sort of we were going to get into that, uh, the guy who I was playing with um, moved house, and I started my school year. So we both have new cars to run. We just haven't run them recently. Um, but yeah. yeah, that will change shortly because I am super keen to put my new stuff on the table. Yeah. The, uh, I'll, I'll just mention this one then, uh, battle hammer. I just want to say it because it, you can get some crazy, crazy things going on. So on a monster truck, which is a heavyweight vehicle mm-hmm. with a Ram, uh, battle hammer does a thing where you get a bonus dice, uh, to your Rams for every, uh, hazard token that you have. Oh. And so because I drive crazy, um, usually I've got about three to five hazard tokens mm-hmm. on my monster truck before I ram into somebody. Uh, and so I think the, the most dice I've rolled is 17, 17 attack dice. Oh my God. Kind of freaky. <laughs> and you're losing your games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about that though. Okay. It's because my it, it it would be fine if my molotovs would, would go off. There's the first game where well, but basically in that game where my molotovs didn't work, um, the, enemy vehicles were surviving with like one hull point mm-hmm. when mine would uh, sort of hit them and would explode. Yeah. So they would survive with one hull point. In fact, but I had thrown like three or four molotovs at them. If only something could hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I know that feeling. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it's it's super fun. We've got yeah. one guy who uh, is running a um, he's, he calls his car eggs mm-hmm. because he has one car. You know, he started off with one car in the game, and then the sixty we moved up to sixty cans the next time, and he just used those connected cans to add more stuff to his one car. Oh, all all of his eggs in one basket. <laughs> All his eggs in one basket, yeah. Awesome. So next next time around, it's going to be 70 cans, and he'll have one cut. It's going to be pretty pretty insane. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be pretty crazy. I can't yeah. imagine. I, I, just because I, I keep mine, you know, cheap and cheap as chips, and I run a lot of little cars zipping around the place, I can't imagine yeah. having that many. But, I mean, that's the way the game's written, and it actually, I think it actually balances fairly well when you have all that stuff on one car. It's not like one tank yep. of a car is going to rip through everyone. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely good. The um, In any scenarios with the respawning mechanic, mm-hmm. um, because you can't respawn unless all of your vehicles are um, off the board. Oh, of course. Basically, that car keeps coming back and mm-hmm. keeps coming back and keeps coming back while your team just becomes more and more decimated. And then when you lose your final car and you can respawn, you can still only respawn one car. Yeah. So, and you might be, you might have a 20 can car or a 25 can car going up against a 50, 60 can car. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's really clever. Yeah, that's it's it's what I faced in the last game. <laughs> that Ooh. situation. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we always play the where you have to zip around, um, make you know, make the figure eight around the terrain, and then make your way back around. Um, meanwhile, right. you're yep. dueling while you're doing it, and that has just led to some just some really awesome cinematic um, moments. Where I I thought at the end, like I, you know, I had a car that had because what is it? Six hazards means a wipeout. So I had a car that had I think five, and I was cruising to the finish line, and my opponent had a significant distance behind me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to slow down and I'm not, or I'm just going to stay at my slow speed and I'm just going to cruise across the line. Well, my opponent put the, you know, put his foot on the floor, got a ton (laughs) of um, hazards, but because you, it means because he's going faster, he moves more often and further. He actually caught up with me right before I crossed the finish line, rammed me from behind. And of course my car blew up. Um, and I was like, you jerk, you won. So it's definitely one of those games where I was like, I'm gonna, I I got this in the bag. It's all good, baby. And then no, I got smashed. It's, I kind of feel like it's a game where going, uh, playing aggressively is, um, a good strategy. So yeah, it's slow and steady rarely rarely wins the race. Yeah, no, not in that game. And I feel (laughs) that that makes for a better gaming experience in general. And, um, I'm just sorry that I learned it the hard way. Well, right on. One of my sorry, go ahead. One of my favorites about that is that um, is the you, you might have invested a bit of time in um, in painting up your vehicles or converting them mm-hmm. or something like that, but in the end, it's like a it's a it's a dollar matchbox car, and maybe you got two or three of them. So you've spent maybe like five dollars, six dollars at most mm-hmm. on on your army. You spent like three times as much on the the rule book. Yeah. So when you're playing the game, I think it's it's easier to feel uh, it's easier to get excited regardless of the result. I exactly. Think. Yeah. Yeah, I often have spent far more on the bits that I've stuck on the car than the car itself. <laughs> well, especially awesome. since I uh, most of, and I've said this on a cast pat in the past, yep. but uh, most of my cars um, I got when I went home to my parents' house a couple years ago, and I literally oh, went yeah. through the box of toy cars from when I was a kid. And so you know how if you go, if you have ever gone to a, a, a toy shop these days to look for cars for Gaslands, it's all you know modern or futuristic looking designs. Well, these are the modern futuristic designs from the late seventies, early eighties. And yep. those are my cars. And I'm going, yeah, baby. Uh, so I really need to get a bunch of those cars on the table, especially since I've been playing around with rust effects um, with painting recently. And I'm thinking, oh, just some old, dirty, rusty Corvettes are going to be amazing. I just need, anyway. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. All right, let's let's get off Gaslands because I can talk about it all day long. It's great stuff. <laughs> and you are here, um, and but, I'm a bad host because, you know, we're already half an hour in and we haven't gotten to the main topic. Well, let's talk about the reason why you're actually here. So um, you have a, a Kickstarter coming up. Now, before we get into your Kickstarter, I, I do have a little tiny bit of a story. Um, one of the first times you and I met outside of a bar <clears throat> was um, at, at, so I was in a meeting with several sales bigwigs and I was a sales guy for GW. And you came in and you were talking about, um, we were, Coming up with, uh, I believe it was a battle tour or a promotional uh, event, and we were going to send pre-painted Chaos Space Marines and regular Space Marines to a store. And I believe it might have even been me. I asked, well, who's going to paint all these Marines? And you looked at me and said, 
well, I am. And, you know, I quickly did the maths in my head. And I think it was my boss at the time who asked, so that's something like, you know, 200 Black Legion Chaos Space Marines. And you were like, yeah. And he went, okay, when are you going to paint that? And he's like, uh, I'll paint it in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, we just kind of looked at you like, what? And you coughed out some samples. You just, you know, like, oh, here you go. Put them on the table. And they were better quality than everything that I had been pouring my heart and soul into in a model at the time. And I was hardly a slouch at that point. And I was looking at these models going, you're a jerk. And you're like, yeah, I painted these in about 15 minutes. And I was going, what? No, that isn't possible. And then you actually did it. You cranked out all of these models. Um, am I getting, I'm, I may be fuzzing some of, the, some of the details on this, but do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do. Yeah, that was for the, um, it wasn't for a roadshow or anything. It was for the, re like the, the push for um, Battlefleet Gothic. Yes, um, that's right. We did right. a booklet for sort of the re-release of Battlefleet Gothic mm -hmm. and um, boarding actions. That's right. Uh, so I think the, Marines, the cast Marines were for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I was, a, I was a bit of a dick back then. No, uh, not <laughs> not at all. I mean, no, you weren't... I, when I tell the story, it was from the salesman perspective. I'm sure from the promotions guy perspective, you're sitting there with a bunch of, you know, sales guys going, really, you're going to do this? Like, <laughs> whereas you wouldn't have offered if you weren't going to do it, um, if that makes sense. So we're yeah. sitting there going, I'm sorry, you can do what? Um, and then you actually smashed it out and it was no problem. So I, I don't tell that story to make you sound like a jerk. More to say that you have an amazing ability to crank out an army um, to a really high standard. In, um, and when I say, if, if I said a short period of time, I don't want it to take away from the effort that you put in. Because when we, I did live with you for about six months. Um, and albeit I was sleeping at my fiance's house more often than at yours, but... Um, you would sit down and you, the reason you are so prolific was you, you put the discipline and the time into your armies. Um, and yep. over time, the, the armies got more and more and more, uh, complex and the conversions, uh, you know, crazier and more fantastic. And the painting just got tighter and tighter and tighter because you put in that time. Um, and now that all ties together to a Kickstarter. So let's talk, tell us a little bit about your Kickstarter and how, I guess, my bad run-up uh, ties to that. Because you have the skills, and I think it's important that you share that background when you're talking about what it is that you're selling. Sure, sure. Um, well, what I'll just say is one of the reasons that I um, personally... Like, wanted to sort of have that focus and have that discipline is that I have like a ton of different ideas, like mm. loads of different ideas for different armies and things that I want to put together and projects I want to do um, to the point where I, I sort of back then it was like, I, I've got so many of these things and there's so, so much stuff coming at me. Yeah. Uh, so many cool models being released, all that sort of stuff. And I want to turn them all into something uh, to be able to do that. Either I have to limit my thinking or limit my creativity mm -hmm. or paint faster. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it just came down to a, um, a practice thing where it's uh, for me, it was all about um, 
minimizing the amount of brush strokes I had to put onto a miniature. Um, so the more you paint, the more you'll, you'll know exactly where things need to go. So you don't have to go back and do it again, or you don't have to do it, mm-hmm. or you don't have to sort of experiment or anything like that. Um, it's all sometimes some people might say it becomes a little bit mechanical, but um, yeah, it, it meant that I could finish armies fairly quickly and then move on to the next thing that I wanted to try, the next um, sort of crazy idea. Yeah, but that definitely. was the main reason for that. But uh, yeah, leading that through, uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, I do layout and photography and writing and editing and that sort of thing. Uh, about a year ago, I was working on a book, uh, working on a um, laying out a World War II rule book, um, Disposable Heroes Two, mm-hmm. from uh, British Games, and I'd taken the photos and I was uh, editing the text and I designed the layout. I was doing the layout. Um, and I was really enjoying it. I was having a great time and I thought, wow, I really like, I'm really happy doing this. Mm. Maybe I write my own book so I can take photos and do the writing, the editing, the layout and all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't write a set of rules. And then it sort of hit me like that old adage of write about what you know. Totally. Uh, sort of hit me and I was like, well, I, I know about how to paint toy soldiers quickly uh, and paint lots of them. So uh, that's, that's when I thought I should, I should write a book. And then uh, sort of over the last year, it's just been, I guess, convincing myself to, uh, to do it. Definitely. To actually get it done. Well, for me, it's but, always, for you, it, for me thinking about your work, it isn't that you speed paint through units. Because I've seen that, I mean, lots of people do that. But it, you're one yep. of those, um, it's, it, you're like an anomaly in that you actually do it as, as an army-wide project. And it's, you, so you go beyond just speed painting through it because your stuff looks fantastic. You're not just getting it done to get it on the table. Um, I know one of uh, friends of the cast is uh, his famous adage, Dave of War, always says, you know, having something painted on the tabletop, even if it's basic, is better than having something half painted in a box. And it's true. But you go yep. beyond that to having top tier, best painted award winning armies that you spend a lot of time converting. Um, and just, there's a lot of creativity in there. It's not basic, but you're doing it in a quick manner. And so um, I, I, for one, am very curious to see how you do that, um, to look under right. the hood. Um, and, I, yeah, I think, as I know that you are also not one to, uh, you know, maybe talk yourself up too much, but your stuff <laughs> is sensational. Let me be the guy to say, having seen your stuff in person and in White Door spreads, it's phenomenal. Um, and so being able to crank things out at that quality that quickly I mean, that is a definite skill set that very few people possess. Yeah. No, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's nice, to, nice to hear. Definitely cool. Well, okay. Um, I know, hold on. I know that a couple of people who are listening to this right now maybe are listening to this because um, they're fans of the show or they know me, uh, they listen to the bulk action cast, or maybe they're just not familiar with you. Um, if you have not actually looked up Dave Taylor's models, you should probably pause this right now, go on Google, and Google search Dave Taylor, uh, what, 
there's a million things you could Google search. Maybe Dave Taylor miniatures. Then maybe Dave Taylor 40K. Then maybe Dave Taylor Imperial Guard. Then maybe, I mean, you're going to get a million images of a million different projects that are all Dave's. Um, you should really take a look because it, it, this is, of course, a verbal medium where you, I can't say, look at the great stuff Dave's done. And you're, you're <laughs> instead relying on me describing it. Take a second to take a look. And then you'll know what we're talking about. So, Dave, tell us about what... So you want to share some of these skills and your knowledge with the readers of this book. Um, you want people to be able to create um, entire armies, maybe in a, in a faster and more efficient manner. Is that where we're going with this? I think, I think uh, I, for some people, it's going to be helping them to do it in a faster, sort of more efficient, um, more, efficient more effective mm. manner. Um, I think the, uh, the, the key though really is, is, I guess, helping people who, who have a lot of heart, those half finished projects in boxes. Um, so helping them from when they first sort of conceive of the idea of an army and then work all the way through to having a completed army on the tabletop, uh, that they're rolling dice with. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's almost like, um, was what a friend of mine said. It was, it was kind of like uh, like project management for toy soldiers. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be looking at things like uh, talking about inspirations and helping people to understand where their inspiration is from and why it's an important thing to sort of be able to distill down and, and revisit during the project. Right. Uh, looking at goals uh, so that people can sort of envision what, what success looks like, what what do they want to see at the end? Um, I have a thing about expectations as well, which ties very closely to goals, mm -hmm. but I think it's, a, it's an important separate thing. Um, so I think a lot of time uh, people don't complete an army because their expectations haven't been met. Mm -hmm. So they might have said, I want to have an award-winning army that I take to a tournament in six months' time. And something happens in their life and they don't get the army finished. Everything that they've painted up to that point looks great. Mm -hmm. uh, and had they finished the been able to finish the army, it might have um, might have won an award. But because something in their life has happened that sort of stopped that, but they didn't adjust their expectations, so they feel it. Okay, I, I failed, and I'm going to put it to the side and never come back to it. So I want to talk about how people manage their expectations as they're going through a big project. Um, cause big, big projects are always the toughest when we're talking about, um, 50 models, 60 models, 150 models, whatever it might happen to be. Um, and it doesn't matter what game system it's for either. It's, uh, it's, it's sort of something that applies across, across the whole spectrum. Uh, so we'd have, we'll have that. We'll talk about, um, I want to talk about planning, mm -hmm. uh, and different ways you can approach planning things to think about, um, why have you picked that color scheme? Is it because it's sort of canon to the game or because you don't like to paint yellow, you've chosen a different approach. Mm. Um, we'll talk about things like that. We'll look at, um, uh, a friend, a friend of mine in, uh, Canada, I was talking with him, uh, recently Ash Barker and they'd just been snowed in and he was like, Oh, you should have, you, Dave, you should have a section about, um, making sure you've planned enough uh, that you have enough materials for the, like for the length of the, the project um, because he was unable to get out and get out and get some spray paint. So uh, 
It's like, oh, so I've, I've stalled on my project. It's a good um, point. Yeah. So it's, th- it's things like that. Uh, it, some things will be more important for others. Uh, but uh, looking at that and motivation, the things that motivate you as you sort of are working through the project. Um, some people love to work with a, a clean environment, a clean table, a sort of relaxed, comfortable workspace. Maybe they have a podcast on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, other people like myself, um, I don't like to take the time to clean up. So I just keep working over the top of other projects. Uh, so my, my desk is a complete mess. Um, but that's, that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. So it's looking at those sort of things and, uh, things like, um, playing, playing games while you're building your army. So you can say, okay, I'm going to have my first, uh, thousand points of, um, space Marines finished by, uh, June mm-hmm. and schedule a game on the second week of June so that you can play with that thousand points. And then you're like, I'll have my second and my next thousand points finished by September. Then you schedule another game to, to play then mm-hmm. so that you've got, you can see progress. You can feel the sort of the excitement of, of why you're doing the, the project. So Definitely. it's looking at, uh, I want to talk about all those sorts of things and, and Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that um, when I was in, uh, when I moved to Melbourne, I joined a gaming club. And it's one of those things where I would sit down with these these guys who we were top tier 40K players. And for some reason, they included me in their club. Um, and you would <laughs> And you would sit down and you would talk and we would talk through most of the topics you just listed. But I, I had been playing 40K for... 24 something years up until that point and most of those things I hadn't given more than a cursory thought to and the second that I actually sat down with somebody and started talking about it so many elements fell into place for me and so um, if I that I that I still carry through with my projects today and I think that um, especially if you don't have that strong regular gaming crew where you talk about those elements of the hobby, I think yep. that you just wouldn't think about them because you're too busy thinking about, you know, the efficiency of a weapon system or how cool is this paint scheme or, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, stormtroopers, aren't they cool? Um, <laughs> you know, yes, like yes. that, yes, that last man. one's kind of me. Um, it's, it's that it, it, and it, it, it does pay to think about these things. Um, but it's hard to do in isolation. And there's some great articles here and there online. But what I really like about what you've been talking about with this book is it's all in one place. Um, and yeah, yeah it's I, I'm de- definitely getting on this Kickstarter. Um, and I mean, this is stuff that I theoretically should know, having been playing a million years. However, I'm definitely getting on it because um, also having watched you, I learned a lot just watching you, let alone actually hearing what you have to say about the process. I think I'd get even more out of it. So, yeah, very excited. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it is cool that, all, that it will all be in one place. Uh, it's um, one of the things that I'm going to after all those uh, after I've sort of written all those sections for the book, I'm also going to go through and look at uh, or take a whole bunch of photos of projects that I've worked on in the past um to sort of and use those projects to illustrate what I'm talking about nice so uh I've got my uh, Jenswick 33rd rifles which is a 40k army that's 
Uh, that's the one using the Bretonian men at arms models, and mm-hmm. it, it's very World War One kind of feel. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll have those guys as my sci-fi mass battle example. Um, for my sci-fi skirmish example, I'm going to use my Dark Age collection. Um, it's Dark Age from Simon, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole bunch of war bands, but it's a, a over the last couple of years, I've built up a, a large collection, and I was inspired to create terrain for it and um, buy some gaming mats and all that sort of stuff that I hadn't really done before for the mass battle games. Um, nice. So I want to talk about that sort of aspect to, of it too. And uh, I've got like, um, so I'll do sci-fi mass battle, sci-fi skirmish. Um, I'm going to do a sci-fi large project. Uh what, uh, like a big model project. I'm going to talk about the Warlord Titan that I put together. Oh yeah, uh, that thing's amazing. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, I do uh, fantasy mass battle, fantasy skirmish, uh, historical mass battle. I'm going to do my um, Napoleonic British Army. Really, um, it's about 200, 200 models in that. And then the thing I'm excited to talk about for that one um, is uh, talking about. For a lot of us that, that come from um, GW games and, and probably primarily from 40K, when you think of painting an army, you paint what, there's one scheme for the entire army. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if you're painting Imperial Fists, you're going to be painting yellow and black for days, for weeks, for months. For months, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yellow's a tricky one. Yeah. But uh, for... Um, for the Napoleonic army, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really excited to paint all these red coats. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to paint red, 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 red for months. Uh, and then I was like, oh, what, what do you mean the artillery's in blue? No, oh, I'm not yeah. sure if I'm that excited about it now. <laughs> and when I actually got to painting it, by the time I painted all my red coats, I was like, I'm really excited to paint some blue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh doing that uh for historical skirmish i'm going to do a um i haven't painted them yet i'm going to be painting up a world war ii american force oh um, nice i think i'd like to do something that's um sort of uh the americans in italy I think yes. I'd like to take something a little bit different to the fairly standard um normandy that you see exactly but, uh, so that should be pretty cool and with that one I, i'm excited to talk about um, looking at a variety of different manufacturers, mm-hmm. so, you know, stuff from Warlord, from Perry, from um, Brigade Games, mm-hmm. uh, a whole bunch of stuff from them. Uh, yeah, so I, th- I think that's going to be be a lot of fun to to work on, and that would that would be nice because it's also going to be quite fresh, um, which is good. Definitely. So yeah, I'm all those sort of things that will all be in the book as examples, illustrated examples of the things I'm talking about. Oh, that's fantastic, man. So are you, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I was going to ask so many questions about the world war two thing, but you haven't done it yet. And I, I kind of don't want to steal all your material for the, uh, for the, the, for the book, but, um, I can change it up as I go. (laughs) Um, are you, are you going super historical with researching that? Are you sort of going with a generalist feel? Um, do you know, or are you still sort of feeling it out? I don't know. Uh, I have. I think I will probably be going with a generalist feel. Yeah. Um, 
Although I, I suspect somewhere along the way I'll I'll find something that'll trigger a, oh, yeah. a desire more. Um, so I'll be able to then go down that rabbit hole. So yeah, have, the number- have you done any Italian based stuff? Uh, not, not Italians, but fighting on the in in Italy. It's funny you actually say that. Um, so recent, so I've I've got a lot of desert army forces. So I have three fully painted oh. desert armies. And I've got a bunch of um, war in Europe armies, and I've got uh, quite a few war in Asia armies. Uh, and I was actually talking this over with some friends, and the one we were talking about how, um, and we all sort of have our own favorite little battles um, that we like to read about and find out more about. And one of mine is Casino. Um, now, okay. I don't have a Casino army for either right. side at all, which is weird. Um, but my one of my desert armies is um, Sikhs using the Indian uh, models that were made by Artisan um, with, okay. with a bunch of warlord bits. Um, and I use some Mad Bob miniatures, Indian carriers, and um, some Blitzkrieg and warlord tanks um, to, to round it out. And I absolutely love the army. Um, I've played it tons. But I was talking it over, and I was like, you know what? Do you know who had a significant role in the Battle of Casino, Indian Commonwealth forces. Now that's something. And I was looking at my uniforms, and most of the uniforms in that army actually fit. The thing that doesn't fit are my tanks. Um, And so I went to an event recently, Operation Heavy, um, run by Tristan of the Bacon Burgers podcast. And um, one of the cool things about Melbourne Bolt Action events is um, we're always inundated with prize support. And so if you go to an event, there's usually a pretty good chance you're going to walk out with something. Um, and in his event, every single person walked out with at least one box of cool stuff. And I walked out with the Rubicon Firefly kit, um, which is the Sherman with the extra big gun on it. Um, okay. And I got sort of a mid-war version of that that would be at casino. And so I'm, and I have a couple of extra Indian carriers uh, and a couple of extra other bits and pieces tanks wise that have been sitting in drawers. And so rather than painting an entirely new army for Italy, um, I'm actually going to repaint all the vehicles for Italy and use my existing infantry because I I love painting vehicles. Um, But the basing and the models for my infantry match perfectly. Um, And so- Yeah, it's just a matter of, and that's one of the cool things that I love about bolt action is you can often use for certain uniforms and certain, because uniforms are, hey, guess what? Uniform. Um, It's funny that sometimes you can just, you know, cut and paste them across. Um, And in in that particular case, I can. So I'm very excited about that. So that's my very, sorry, I'm in the (laughs) middle of rambling. We're talking about your your Kickstarter and you asked me a question and I went down the rabbit hole. Sorry about that. Um, but that's where I'm going with that. Um, Ooh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to, uh, as I get into that, I'll have to bug you and, um, please and sort of get a list of, uh, of things I should look at, uh, yes. to trigger that. So, well, there's some great me. resources. Just really quick. One of the cool, um, little side things that, um, I really enjoyed reading, um, I know, for example, Osprey has a whole series of books on different battles in different Italian parts of the campaign. Uh, I'm actually looking at my shelf. Uh, it's called Battles of World War II. There's one for Casino, 1944. It's book 26. 
Um, but Flames of War did an entire book on Casino as well. And I often find that the Flames of War stuff is good for a good historical overview and the names of units that you can then right. go on the deep dive for. So, Okay, cool. Anyway. Cool, I would put that then. Yes. Well, right on. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's talk about how can people find out more about this Kickstarter? Because, <clears throat> hint, hint, today's kind of important. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, so uh, what does it say? The 16th? Uh, my time it's not uh, well my time it is your time it's not but by the time this goes live um, we will be it will be the 16th and by the time you download this it will probably be the 16th in the US which is when it goes live so it's not quite live yet but it will be extremely soon um, extremely soon very soon uh, so yeah it's super exciting um, so uh, it'll be going to Kickstarter uh, the name of the book or the name of the project and the book is Armies and legions and hordes. Awesome. I was waiting to see if you, we're going to add the oh my. I was going but, to, but I was like, I don't want to throw people off on the search engine. Oh my, is that actually in the name of the the book? Or? Oh my, is not in the name. Okay, it's not in. That's amazing. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, armies and legions and hordes. Uh, you can uh, search for that, or possibly Dave Taylor would bring up someone there. Is uh, like my creator name is Dave Taylor. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's coming up. The, the Kickstarter campaign is to fund the sort of creation and the printing of the book. Uh, I want to have a hardcover, um, a hundred, 120 pages is the current plan. Uh, if, um, but I'm hoping things go really well. Uh, so rather than saying if I'm going to say when things go really well, yes. uh, the the stretch goals I have are uh, are going to be additional um, sort of chapters added, additional projects that I've worked on. Nice. Uh, so I think some like some Mechanicus stuff, um, some other Empire armies that I've worked on for Warhammer. Um, there's a whole range of different things that I can can uh, include, and uh, as well as the printed book, people could also pledge for a um, like an electronic version. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will start off as a PDF, but if things go really well, uh, when things go really well, I was going to say, be positive. When things go really well, really well, when when everybody uh, jumps on board, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, I'd like to sort of increase it from a PDF to a like an interactive ebook. Nice. Kind of things provide it as an EPUB and a Mobi version, so that people can use it on their iPads or their Kindles or whatever tablets they're using. Um, so that that in itself would be really cool and exciting because I haven't done one of those myself. So I'll be working with, uh, with a couple of other people, which is why I need to get that extra funding for it so that I can pay them appropriately yeah. um, and uh, yeah, learn a, learn a new skill along the way, which would be pretty exciting. That's awesome, so, uh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. Um, I currently have um, so have uh, basically myself. I'll be doing distribution. I'll be self-publishing. Uh, I'll be doing distribution myself for the U.S. Uh, I have um, Dan at War Games Illustrated lined up for uh, distributing in the U.K. and EU. Mm-hmm. So we won't customers there won't have to worry about. Uh, sort of import taxes and customs fees and all that sort of fun stuff. 
Uh, and um, Matt Weaver. Do you know Matt Weaver? Oh, yeah. Yep. Matt Weaver is going to be doing my uh, sort of shipping in Australia. So Australia, nice. New Zealand. So we'll have um, Australian price for shipping, which is based on Australian shipping, uh, a UK price, which is based on UK shipping costs. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited about that as well. So um, should be very helpful for for any of your listeners and most of the folks that have been following what I do. So, very excited about that too. Yeah, man, I'm just, I love that this project, um, when I first saw the thumbnail on it, because you posted something on your social media about it, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I don't really play a lot of those games anymore. Um, it'll be fun to, you know, it'll be a fun flick through. And then I actually found out um, both from talking to you now and from reading up on the project, just the scope of how you're looking at not only full armies, but, you know, skirmish forces and, um, you know, for the smaller games, but also that it's it's really generic in that in its focus, but it's really specific about each section that you're talking about, each topic. So it, yeah. it applies to everything. So anyone who's listening to this podcast, there's a re- most of you I'm imagining would be a tabletop gamer of some form or another, and that painting a model or finishing a project of some sort is something that you do regularly. Um, and if that's the case, this book could help you. Yep, indeed. I think uh, somebody uh, threw out a suggest or I threw out a question the other day, saying, "Hey, uh, here are all the here are the projects that I want to include uh, for stretch goals. What what else would you like to see?" Um, and somebody said, "Oh, what about um, there are a lot of board games coming out with a lot of miniatures now. What about um, tackling a, a big board game project like mm-hmm. Zombicide or uh, Blood Rage or something like that?" Totally. I was like, oh. That's a cool idea. That is a cool uh, idea. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a friend of mine, uh, Dean Clark, that I, I painted up a lot of uh, his saga war bands mm-hmm. as well. Um, so we could certainly uh, take a look at a lot of saga stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of ways to. I wanted to make it a, appropriate for a wide audience, uh, and then be able to drill down specifically for. Um, sort of, for, for everybody who plays sort of that wide uh, variety of games. Absolutely. Oh, man, cool. I'm excited for the project. Um, so do you have an idea of when, because sometimes Kickstarters are like, Kick, join the Kickstarter now and then two years from now. Um, or do you have an idea of your timeline for this or are you still working that out? Sure, no, I think that's a, a completely valid question. Uh, the Kickstarter should end at... Um, should end on April 15th and I am uh, aiming to have uh, all the rewards out to backers in November. Oh, wow. That's cool. So uh, I, a lot of the projects that I'll be uh, sort of featuring, I've, I've already painted those models. I've got to take photos and mm-hmm. do cool elaborate stuff with that and uh, write the text around it. I've got a really solid idea of uh, the text for, uh, the front half of the book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and as I said, I, I really enjoy doing layout. So yeah. <laughs> that part of the, that part of the project should be pretty uh, straightforward. Once I, once I get my first sort of chapter design worked out, uh, everything should flow nicely from there. But uh, yeah, I'd love to have it in everybody's hands in November sometime. Nice. Now I, oh, 
That makes me think, huh, honey, how about that for Christmas? Hmm. <laughs> it's actually starting to sound like a good idea. I wonder if I can get away with asking for a Christmas present in March. Hmm. I think you should. I think you should try at least. <laughs> well, okay. I think I'll do that then. If D- Dave, if you say it's all right, then I'm definitely going to do it. Honey, Dave said it was fine. <laughs> absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. She'll understand. <laughs> yes. Actually, she probably would. Um, she sees how much time I put into these things. And um, just to get some some good pointers to possibly speed up more my process or stay motivated, I think could probably go a long way in her book. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So right reduce, it, reduce that pile of, uh, of, of half-finished projects. That's really the thing. It is. It is. Right on. Well, Dave, um, I'm sorry. I, I think our time is slowly ticking. Um, is there anything else you would like to tell us about? Because, God, man, I think we could probably talk all day long. Um, we could. Uh, I am just going to throw one thing at the end. In at the end. So well, I'll just do a quick recap and then throw something in at the end. Do it. Um, Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to uh, to be talking with you again. It's yeah, definitely man. cool. It's awesome. Um, Thank you for coming on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad that you're having uh, that you're still super enthusiastic about gaming and uh, and that everything else in your life is is still going so well. It's uh, definitely cool, and I'm glad that you're enjoying uh, Melbourne. Oh, I am. I am. You guys have to come back. You um, so Dave and his family came to visit twelve years ago. Um, on a, um, something years like, ago. yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys got to come back, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I definitely want to, um, come back to Melbourne without a doubt. I've got, uh, I'll have two more, um, well, I, sorry, <laughs> there won't be two more than I already have, but the ones I have now will be two more than the last time we were there. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to come and visit. It'd be definitely good. Hey, if this, uh, or when this Kickstarter goes really well, there you go. I'll have to come out and, uh, supervise the distribution of the books so <laughs> i like the way you think about that sir nicely done nicely done nice but uh but no um i think that'll be be very cool but anyway uh yeah very excited about the kickstarter um it's i think it's gonna be a crazy everybody says who runs one says it's gonna be a it's a roller coaster ride of emotions and it's definitely gonna be that wonderful cliche for me yes um yeah. so uh that should be fun and, uh, no, the last thing was, um, something I've been involved with for the last, uh, probably since 2010 mm-hmm. is, uh, painting models for armies for charity. Yes. Sorry. I knew I wanted to ask you about this. Thank you for bringing that up. Right. Right. No worries. Not a problem. Um, so the last four years or the last three years this is my fourth year on the board of the Nova open charitable foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that role with, Sort of in that position, we've raised about I think it's about one hundred twenty-five, hundred forty thousand dollars. Amazing. Over the last, oh, probably actually probably about one hundred twenty thousand dollars over the last four years. We raised uh, fifty-three thousand dollars last year. Uh, the charities we support are Doctors Without Borders, mm-hmm. uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and the Fisher House Foundation. Um, so this year we're doing it all again. Um, we've had one raffle already, which was to win a sort of, uh, painted, uh, shade spire ult- ultimate collection set. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we're doing actually amusingly enough, uh, the raffles launch on the Monday. So next Monday, the 19th, mm-hmm. um, of March. And they run until just uh, the day after my Kickstarter finishes. <laughs> ah, um, doubling up. Yep. 
yeah, I, it's not like I could just have a normal life. But uh, yeah, so uh, for that one, we're doing a uh, six-point Viking saga warband. Nice. Um, saga 2.0. Um, working, we've got a bunch of uh, minis from uh, Gripping Beast, which is cool. Uh, myself and um, one of our great painters here in Virginia has um, uh, Richard Rush. We've painted up that warband, um, took some photos uh, today, this morning. Um, so that should be going live on the 19th, and that's at uh, novaopenfoundation.org. Um, I think we've got, I think tickets are going to be $5 a ticket and uh, limited to a thousand tickets. Um, so everybody's got a pretty good, who buys it, a bunch of tickets is going to have a very good chance, much better chance than the lottery. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, and you'll probably yeah. get something cooler. Yeah, they will. They'll definitely get something cooler. They got a, a fully painted six point saga warband ready to roll in a KR multi-case case. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, so that's something I've been doing for the last few years as well. Um, it's definitely it's one of those things when you paint so many miniatures, um, you're never stuck for an army if you need to play a game. Yeah, uh, painting more miniatures and doing doing good things with them is uh, is a lot of fun too. It is. And if you again, if and again, Dave isn't one to say, oh, you know, it's fully painted and you get the case. But if it's painted for that event, it typically is by Dave or someone who's friends with Dave, and they're all typically the same quality. Having looked at the jaw-dropping quality of these projects that are typically going out um, as part of this charity, um, when I say you're getting something better than winning the lottery, I'm actually kind of not kidding because you literally can't pay professional painters typically to paint that well. Like This stuff is top-notch. It's unbelievable. You you gotta look at it. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm actually on NovaOpenFoundation.org, uh, you can check out um, all of our like previous year's raffles. Mm -hmm. uh, and this year we've got even more. I think actually we're just about to put together a team that's going to paint up a whole bunch of uh, Star Wars Legion stuff too. Amazing. So, yeah, I thought I'd drop that in there. Tempt you. <laughs> oh God, man! You know, <laughs> temptation. That, that'll be that'll be for later in the year. That'll uh, those uh, that'll be for the summer raffles that we run from uh, July first through to um, Labor Day, the first weekend in uh, September. Nice, very nice. Well, right on, Dave. It is fantastic speaking with you again. I know we talk occasionally via messenger on Facebook and whatnot, but it's actually wonderful to hear your voice again. Uh, I cannot wait to actually see you in person and uh, hug it out, but it's been entirely yeah. too long. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, th no, thanks. Thank you for uh, for having me on. It was a great, great chance to chat. It was awesome. Yeah, man. We'll have we, and I'm not saying this. Oh, you'll have to come on again sometime. No, you'll actually have to come <laughs> on again sometime, and we'll have to talk about this. This is oh, just so many good things to yeah. talk about. Um, you know me. I, I could talk for hours on toy soldiers. Yeah. So. Well, you're in good company on this podcast, because turns out that's yeah. what I do. Indeed. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, oh, uh, before I forget, and there is an important thing I cannot forget. I would like to say that in honor of Dave coming on this podcast, um, I did get special permission for this episode and for occasional future episodes to change the intro music for Cast Ice. Um, Dave will have not heard this yet, so this is a little surprise for you, Dave, because, of course, you don't actually play the music in a little behind baseball. He won't actually hear this until he downloads it later. Um, or it won't hear the music, I should say. Uh, I would like to thank the Porkers for letting us use um, their cover of Motley Crue's classic Kickstart My Heart for the beginning of this podcast. Um, the Porkers are, of course, a... Uh, uh, they're, they're infamous? Famous? How do we want to say that? They're, they are Australia's biggest ska band, and they are... Um, yeah awesome and one of dave's faves so yeah ta-da happy kickstarter release dave day damn it i started going to their shows in 91 which is when i started wargaming that's amazing yeah i i thought what is the best way to kick off dave's kickstarter porkers is the answer yeah that's great right on (laughs) that's awesome thanks man anytime Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this and you would like to give us feedback, um, if you have a question uh, for Dave, you can look him up, Dave Taylor Miniatures on Facebook. If you would like to give me feedback about this show or another show, um, I take it all. I take sneers, jeers, abuses. I take, um, you know, positive compliments. Um, I usually take the abuses better than I take the compliments. Thank you. but uh, it, it, podcasting, as I've said before, can be one of those solitary existences. Although I'm always speaking with someone, um, I'm usually sitting in a room by myself, staring at a computer screen, holding a microphone, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, that said, um, it, it is nice and wonderful to hear when people like something that we do. Um, if you have an idea for a future show, um, I do try and incorporate them in. I know I've had some wonderful ideas, especially at the beginning of Cast Ice, that sort of got um, put to the side only because I knew the Warlord cast was coming um, and the Ghost Army podcast would be coming back. So um, if you have sent ideas in the, past, in the past, I do actually have a file with everything listed in it. I do keep track of these things, and I would like to come back to hit all of them. Um, I do appreciate it when people do take the time. So thank you, and thank you for listening. Um, I know there's a lot of podcasts that you can be listening to these days. Uh, I personally appreciate that you're listening to this one. So without further ado, may your dice roll hot, may your beverages stay cold, and more than anything else, if you're gaming, I hope you're having fun. Ladies and gentlemen, good night.
friends are gone and they're trapped 